What's in store for your business this week at Staples? Shopping like a CEO? My, look at those savings. Right now at Staples, save like a big cheese, a big shot, a boss. Because this week, when you buy one expanding file folder, you get a second one 40% off. Those are boss-size savings. So start the new year right by stocking up, saving big, and getting organized. At Staples, where there's a whole lot in store. And 2219, in-store only, valid on select assorted SKUs. Blog Talk Radio. Come on, 
You got a mountain in you. You got a Mount Everest in you with the Lord on top of it, and it's just lit. It's so, it's it's combustible. You can see it. You got a fire in you. If you got a little match in you that's lit, let's add some lighter fluid to it. Let's add some kerosene to it. Let's add that gas to it, all right? Um, as I start off my show to get into things this morning, um, first and foremost, let's pray together, okay? And, and let's come into agreement with, with one another, all right? If you're driving and you're tuned in, please, please, please don't close your eyes and bow your head. Um, you know, we, you can't drive like that. Uh, you know what I mean? And if you are sitting down listening to this, please, please just close your eyes and bow your head and embrace this. As I, I go into my prayer this morning, we're going to we, we're praying for strength today, y'all. And uh, that's a part of being lit. You know, keeping that strength in you. Okay, so as I go in, please bow your heads and close your eyes. Lord, we come to you today, our Holy Father, above all others, and all the strength that I have, and all the strength that I need is in your hands. I am not asking, Lord, that you take this child away. Take what we have, what we're going through away, because that's what you have bestowed upon us to go through. I simply ask that your will be done in my life, Father. I admit that it's hard, Father, sometimes, and I feel like I can't go on, and I know whoever's listening feel like they can't go on. But the pain and the fear are too much for us. And I know that I don't have the strength on my own and it comes to you, Father. I know that I can come to you, Father, and that you'll hear my prayer. I know that it's not your intent to bring me to this point, to leave me in the wilderness alone. I know it's your intent for me to grow. Lord, give me the strength I need to face today so I don't have to worry about tomorrow. If you give me the strength I need right now, Lord, that I need today, that's all I need. Help me to keep my eyes on you, Father. You are the Holy Lord, and all my hope rests in you. Thank you, Father for being there for me, allowing me to cry out to you in my times of need. It's amazing, Father, of, of this wonderful universe that you would take time to listen to me and care about what I say. Father, there are things happening around me right now that I don't understand. That we don't understand Some of these things Make us feel weak and helpless and afraid But even in the midst of this I know that you are there Lord I know that our situations Are in your hand And I trust in you We believe in you I beseech you for strength And for wisdom That I will be able to endure this situation and be able to handle it 
and in that way would bring glory to your name. Father, we come to you today in holy reverence and in the blood and the grace and mercy that you have upon us. In your holy name, amen. Lord, Father God, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you this morning. Thank you this morning. So today's show, today's show about being lit. We getting litty. You know what I'm saying? We getting lit, baby. Or you already are lit. You know what I'm saying? And that's really keeping the light and the passion and the fire in you to succeed at Whatever you want to do in your business, whatever you want to do in your life, you got to have that fire and that passion to continue. And what I have done, as I do every show, I like to break down my topics. I like to break it down from a definition um, and and go into it. So lit, I had to look lit up because I know it's a word. And the, in, a, in, a, in a way that it means provided with light or lighting or illuminated or having, and my favorite is, having been ignited and burning. Ha! Have you been ignited? Have you, have you poured a little gas on your fire this morning when you woke up to reach out to your dream and your goal? Have you done that? You know, um, in, the, in the urban world, lit actually means like mildly intoxicated, right? When I look at mildly intoxicated, am I mildly in, in intoxicated to with the with the spirit and the fire in me to, to pre- keep pursuing my passion? You know, um, there's days when we just don't feel like doing it, but how lit is your fire to keep you propelling forth? You know, that's a, a thing to think about. If you got a pen and paper, take it out. Take it, jot down notes of things that just come to your mind um, when you hear something that resonates with you, okay? So I'm intoxicated to reach my dreams. I have goals. I have dreams, um, you know, that really search inner for the fire. There were times when my, my fire was just a little twinkle. And these past few months, I have literally utilized that little twinkle to a starting, uh, excuse me, to begin to illuminate harder every day. You know, that fire in you can either consume you or you can control it and utilize it. Um, One of the steps this morning of actually you know, keeping your fire going and staying lit is what I had here in one moment. Um, Expect to win. It came to me. Expect to win. Be ready to adapt when a plan doesn't work. You know, I, I get upset when some people advise not to get your hopes up to realizing your, your goal and your desire. That's your dream. That's your goal. That's your desire. How are they going to tell you not to get your hopes up? They're not realizing that they have a fire in there. They're not realizing that you're lit 
you're absolutely lit and you can do whatever you put your your strength into your 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 focus into and to me when somebody says not to get your hopes up i say those people actually lack the confidence to pursue what they're passionate about when the unexpected happens that's what it's all about if you can stay lit when the unexpected the unexpected happens you can navigate and 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 move around and, and handle and solve some of those issues and problems. You know, um, say when you sit down and you need to do some social networking, you need to post your your business out there or whatever. And we live. I'm talking about reality. There's some people out there who have internet. And there's some people who don't. I get so upset when someone tells me. Well, you know, the harsh reality is I don't have the internet. Okay, I totally understand. But if you're lit and you know that fire in you, you'll find your your smartphone, which is basically a miniature laptop in your hand with Wi-Fi capabilities, get to a place where there's free Wi-Fi. There's a McDonald's. In every hood There's a McDonald's in every neighborhood There's a McDonald's just about Everywhere you go Not to say just go there to use the internet And you know But you could find Places like that That have free internet, free Wi-Fi Just so you can Motivate yourself to get your your Fire even going even more um, That's just a way to do it But there's where there's a will, there's a way Stop making excuses for yourself. You know, that's really what it is. You know, don't lack the confidence in yourself. That's the God in you. Don't lack confidence in the God in you. You know, um, another thing when I when I think about staying lit and keeping my fire and my passion, keeping those things uh, in me, okay, I had to eradicate some of the words that I actually use and tell myself. And I'm talking about the words you just tell yourself, not speak out, you know, even sometimes people speak out. So we come up with mission oriented plans and that word mission, you know, I had really had to break it down. The word mission. I don't like it because it, in it, it has a duality of saying that you could possibly fail. If your mission and your plan doesn't go the way you want it to go, you automatically kind of think of it as a small failure. I am guilty of that. I always say my mission is to do this or my mission is to do that. So I had to find something to replace that word mission. I had to find something to to it continue to ignite the fire and stay lit. And that word was intention. Intention gives or infers a general desire to succeed, but it also pro- provides enough space to adapt and overcome along the way. 
What is your intention behind your business? Not what's your mission. What is your intention? And I really had to to go deep inside to understand what my intentions are. So with my with my business life and what I'm doing at the current moment, my intention is to affect as many people with the gas to their fire, to get them motivated, to embrace the inner CEO, the inner boss, the inner God in themselves, the spirit, you know? And that's my intention. So what is your intention? Think about that today. If you got something to write with, or just take a mental note, what is your intention behind everything you do for your family, for your kids, for your job? Be an entrepreneur. You don't have to be an entrepreneur. Be an entrepreneur. It eventually lead up to where your goals are. Utilize those things. What is your intention behind going to work? And that's where I'm at with that this morning. It's absolutely awesome. Stay lit. We got callers on on the line. Is there anybody? Is there anybody um, out there, uh, Freddie? Open up the lines to see if I have my uh, caller on, Mr. Jason Swanson. I want to introduce you. Can you open that up for me, Mr. Cole? One moment here. Yeah, we have several lines, though, Gritty. Okay, okay. Um, it would, uh, Mr. Swanson, are you on? Hold on one second. Can you open up the lines for me? Every code 917, your line is open. Yeah, I'm on. First three. Okay. Good. Oh, let me, let me introduce this guy first. Yeah, also let the other live callers know that uh, we'll get to them momentarily. Oh, yeah, yeah. That's And we, I totally open it up to them. We got so many live callers on today. I am absolutely excited. They are lit this morning. We lit, baby. We litty. Um, <laughs> um, so, first and foremost, I have Mr. Jason Swanson, CEO of Obneo and uh, man, this man is a brother of so many different talents. Oh my God, super educated, super, super duper focused, these laser focused in. He has affected many lives for many years. One of the most humble brothers I know. One of, oh man, I can't even, I don't even have the words right now to explain how I'm so excited to have him on this show. Everybody, open your ears and listen to who I have, Mr. Jason Swanson, y'all. Golf clap, golf clap, golf clap. <laughs> How you doing How you this doing? morning, sir? I'm good. How you doing, Raymond? How's everything going? Good morning. Good morning. Good morning. Good, good morning. Good morning, dude. I am so excited to have you on. I, you know, my introduction doesn't even... Uh, do it justice to the caliber of and level of lit that you are, brother. Well, thank you. You you are lit as well. I mean, I, I listened to you for the for the first couple of minutes, and it was 
It was just very, very enlightening. I mean, the things that you're saying definitely resonated with me, regardless of what level I'm on. You know, words still resonate on every level. So what you said was very impactful, and I hope everyone who's listening really took into what you were saying about, you know, um, being an entrepreneur as as just as opposed to being just an entrepreneur. So, so thank you very much for those words this morning, Raymond. All right, hey man. Man, I appreciate it. Uh, you're, you're absolutely welcome, man. And I'm humbled to have you here um, in my wonderful podcast of abode. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> and, and uh, you know, for the listeners out there, please, Mr. Swanson, give us a backdrop on who you are, and and, and it's going to lead into being lit today. I know it is. Tell tell the world about a little bit about your background. And, uh, you know, it, the, the stage is yours, sir. The mic is yours right now. Okay. Um, well, basically, uh, my name is Jason Swanston. Uh, I'm a, uh, well, I'm a, I'm, an, I'm a renaissance man, originally from Harlem, USA. And uh, I come from uh, humble beginnings with uh, a strong family unit that stressed education in the household to the point of no return where, I was blessed to enter college at, at the age of 13 and then transition from one Ivy League school to the next at the age of 15, Columbia University to be exact, uh, where I thought I wanted to be a biologist. Um, upon my uh, stay at, at Columbia on campus, it really changed me, especially coming from a, uh, from a world of violence and, uh, you know, drug-infested uh, backyard <laughs> projects and and uh, police shootouts, um, the 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 ability to to segregate the, the the mindset of you know of a of a young black male being in those particular stressful environments and then going into a collegiate environment where I had to learn how to shift and basically a uh, coach shift is what people call it in technology where you know when mm-hmm. I was in my inner city environments my my hood basically I knew how to survive and. When I went downtown uh, to 116th Street in Broadway, which is where Columbia University was, or still is uh, located, I had to uh, I had to learn how to uh, to maneuver amongst the kids that that you know basically had more than me, more than me, obviously, and just look at, at the educational aspect as a way out of my environment. And so uh, by me having that understanding and then having that uh, that that experience, it, al- it really helped me in my adulthood to basically uh, embrace all different types of walks of life, whether someone, you know, were, were in, uh, into science or uh, creativity or someone had more money or someone was, you know, came from, the, you know, the hood or somebody came yeah. from an industry I was able to maneuver. And it literally cultivated my mind and it cultivated you know, a specific ideology that, you know what, you have to embrace everybody and not everyone is going to understand where you come from but you are a representation of your family first because, you know, before you leave the house, you know, you're, you know yeah. you're surrounded by your family. But when you leave that house, whether you walk down the street, whether you're – if you're in the hood or you're in Silicon Valley, you know, or, or you're in corporate America, you technically represent your family. You represent your last name. And, uh, mm. and so that was very – that was stressed uh, a lot uh, by uh, my family and specifically my father. Uh, my father's a very strong – a strong uh, uh, factor in my life. He's also my business partner and my company. Wow. And, uh, 
We yeah, so we're like a we're 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 a startup tech company, of course, but um, we're also a family business as well. So uh, oh, I like man. to uh, from yeah, I like to promote that uh, heavily to a lot of individuals who who look at us and say, okay, well, you know, um, it's just they just see me, my face, but I do have a uh, a support system. I do have a backbone, and that's a strong male father figure, which a lot of us uh, black men in the industry don't have, and I'm very blessed to have that. So. He help, has helped me guide and has guided me rather throughout my trajectory with all of my entrepreneurial endeavors and my businesses. So by starting Avnio, you know, it really helped me. But can, not can, to digress. Sure. Yeah. Uh-huh. Well, I was going to say, like, you know, uh, how can I put it? You know, you, you were going to go into Avnio, um, okay. and, and I, want, I want them to understand, I want my listeners to understand your your outlook on entrepreneurship since you were a young man. Um, what were how what were some of the things that you did as an entrepreneur? What, list out some of the entrepreneurial efforts that you have made because uh, it'll show the the gradual build to Avnio now. Uh, could you could you go into that a little bit? Sure. So uh, from day from day one of me understanding that I had to work for myself was uh, when I turned, I, uh, yeah, when I turned 17 and I, I still was at Columbia University, I, um, I got an internship at a multimedia studio uh, where they basically built out uh, workstations or computer, computer uh, big hardware stations that allowed you to do uh, animation, like, you know, produce movies like, you know, Jurassic Park. So I was there and, um, wow. and I, I remember, yeah, um, actually, I was, actually I was, it was an internship and I was the only black, only black male young person in that particular, uh, in a particular office where they physically were testing the first uh, streaming or what Netflix is today. They were basically testing that at this particular company that I got an internship with with people in Japan and Europe. So I physically saw the beginnings of streaming TV service or, or movie streamed on dial-up, which was, uh, which was uh, what, the, what we wow. had uh, for internet back in those days. Yeah, and this was talking about, 19, we're talking about 1993 when the chronic just dropped. So I'm listening to the chronic, <laughs> eating, right, eating Cheez-Its. Coca-Cola, <laughs> learning how to learning how to write software and um and from an entrepreneurial standpoint, uh my mentor, his name is Hay Stamper, he's um a black man in broadcast technology, he's still in my life today. He basically stated to me, Listen, this is this is a field which was at the time which was animation and uh, computer software engineering. Uh this is a field where you can physically, you know, basically write your own check, you know. And yeah. because my because my dad my dad was always an entrepreneur. He always instilled in me, always work for yourself so that, so that you know, no one could basically fire you. You never want to be in a position where someone can control your destiny. So I took that to heart, and, um, and when I took my internship, I realized any skill set that I acquired by learning a particular trade, I had to be the best at it. You know, Regardless, I had to always be the best at it. And what I mean by the best, I always competed. And my dad taught me, compete always with yourself. Don't compete with anyone else. Compete with yourself. You know, you know how you see martial artists, they shadow box in the mirror, you know. Oh, yeah. They're competing. Right. They're competing with themselves. So I basically competed with myself in terms of learning 
of various different skill sets, specifically in animation and, and coding and, and literally going to um, Barnes and Nobles at the time because we didn't have Google back then, um, mm-hmm. going, to Barnes and no- going to Barnes and Nobles and opening up books, uh, learning specifically how to write game codes because I wanted to create my own video games, in which I did. I created seven video game platforms before 18. And so my dad said, oh. you know, learn that and then – when I got the internship, hey Stamper just re- he just reinforced that whole entrepreneurial ideology, and that's basically what started my trajectory in owning my own anything, and uh, and that's when I literally left I left college and I just physically went into uh, I went into the music industry because at that time a lot what a lot of people don't know uh, is that because animation was so big and if you had the skill set to create um, a, an animation like like a dinosaur in a Jurassic Park movie, or just had that skill set, they would yeah. pay you literally. They would pay you Raymond twenty five hundred dollars a minute to physically create that type of. Animation. Oh, hold up! So what you're telling me? I was in the wrong business. <laughs> Basically, yeah. So, so yeah. So if you if you can create if you can animate. Um, like Michael Jackson's uh, black and white video, when you saw the kids or the people morphing or changing faces, right, um, in the scene of his music video, that was one of the programs that I first learned how to use. It was called it was uh, called um, Alias. It was called Wavefront, and it was a morphing application. But if you knew those particular types of applications or computer programs back in those days in the early 90s, you know, uh, major Hollywood studios will hire you. And they would pay you anywhere between $2,500 to $4,500 a minute because very few people knew those particular types of programs. The only problem with me was, you know, I didn't have the background or the resume. I did have the skill, but I was, look, I was only 17, you know, uh, still mm-hmm. in college. And, and you know, um, when you're dealing with major, major uh, corporations or studios, they want you to have that, you know, they want you to have, you know, the, that particular uh, experience. And so I said, okay, you know, I got I either got to get another internship, move to California, and um, and I'm not I'm not going to do that. So the the only the only industry that really allowed me to, I guess, spread my wings was the music industry, and uh, the only uh, the only trade that really was acceptable was graphic designing. So I became a graphic designer, even though I had coding abilities, I knew how to write programs and create video games. Mm-hmm. I, I had to become a graphic designer to basically support support myself and, and my dream. And I became a graphic yeah. designer, and, and I started doing graphic designing in the music industry, and that's what led to my entrepreneurial endeavors, being an independent contractor. Okay. Wow. What? So who did you work with in the music industry uh, that, that inspired you? Oh, wow. Are you <laughs> – who did I work – okay, so that's a very tricky question. And I, I think a couple of listeners um, on the line are probably laughing, especially the ones that know me. Um, uh, the the people that inspired me in the music industry. Now I'm going to be politically correct with my answer. I will preface the uh, okay. the the answer by saying that first. Um, uh, when I got into the music industry, I got into it from uh, from a standpoint of uh, just uh, you know uh, creating my own promotions company. Um, Shore Record Pool was a big record pool back in the Bronx. They were one of the beginning. They were the be, the beginners of delivering DJs 
uh, records from the various different record labels, Def Jam, so forth mm-hmm. and so on. So, yeah. you know, Show Record Pool was they, they were pin- they were a major pinnacle in distributing, you know, hot records in the '90s. So I, you know, I I basically interned for them and uh, Cool Herc, you know, one of the uh, founders of hip hop, and wow. uh, you know, passing on flowers for him. And it, regardless of my skill set. And being, you know, crazy, crazy smart with engineering, <laughs> I still said, you know, I love hip hop and I love, you know, music. And yeah, so sure. what I did, and so what I did was I just basically, uh, you know, I learned from uh, those guys at Sure how distribution basically worked, and getting out, you know, the 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 music to the various different DJs. And I, I, it hit me like a ton of bricks. I said, you know what, I want to physically pattern myself uh, by the people that are really doing something in this particular world because I know I can accelerate really fast. I'm intelligent. Mm-hmm. I know my worth, so forth and so on. Uh, so, mm-hmm. But in hip-hop, it's different because in hip-hop, not everybody has that, that shared understanding, and it's a different yeah. type of industry. It's just like the hood. Hip-hop is – especially the hip-hop business back in the – and we're talking, about, <laughs> we're talking about the mid-'90s, 95, 96. Oh, yeah. You know, it was, oh, yeah. It's like the, it's, prime it's like time. the hood. That was prime time. Yeah, that's the idea of Tupac that's – that's when I entered. So I entered at a very sensitive time in, in hip-hop and a very creative time in hip-hop. But uh, th- to answer your question, um, the, the person that really influenced me um, was the, the person that really gave me a shot at, at allowing me to be an independent contractor or allowing me to have a contract with a major record label. And that man, his name is um, Sir Charles Dixon. They call him Mixon Dixon. He was a DJ over at uh, WBLS. And wow. uh, he was he was head of radio over at the uh, the black um, the urban uh, music uh, division for MCA Records at the time. He really was the one that influenced me. Now keep in mind, I have physically worked for um, eighty to a hundred platinum artists, breaking their records. Worked for a lot of great people, great people. They have excelled. I worked for you know um, a, a, just a lot of a major platinum artists. Uh, a lot of rap moguls from Master P to Jay-Z. Um, I worked for a lot of people. And, you know, the reason why uh, I look at Charles Dixon as somebody that really impacted my life was because he was the one that gave me my shot. It was him, then Heavy D, yeah. but him first because he was like, you know what, um, I understand your passion. You know, he was the first one to give me my own uh, my own uh, contract with MCA Records and uh, – physically helped, allowed me to go downstairs and, and, and introduced me to uh, my, my, my mentor who's dead now, uh, who literally was the reason why Cash Money got their, um, their deal with, um, with Universal Records. Uh, Garnett Reed is his name. He died uh, a year ago. And, May he um, rest in peace. Yeah, you know? he was um, a lot of people. A lot of people don't know who Garnett is, but he is the reason why a lot of a lot of major entities are who they are. Um, <clears throat> specifically, uh, Cash Money, um, him and Wendy Day, but that's another that's another story. That's another book. But uh, Charles, <laughs> Charles Dixon, he took me down. No, you know, and I just keep it very transparent. But he took me downstairs because at that time, MCA Records, uh, Universal Records, and Geffen Records in 1998, they were all in the same building. Uh, in Manhattan, and you can literally go, you know, take an elevator to every every floor and just go in, walk in, and just say, "Hey, I'm Raymond, and you know, I have Log Talk Radio, and I want to interview your artists." And they give not you a to, shot. Not to, so not to cut not to cut you off real sure. quick. I remember those days. I remember literally recording a demo on a on a cassette tape and right. going in these places like here I am, 
I am, you know, right. here I am. <laughs> no, it, it's very true. And so Charles took me downstairs to Universal Records because he had given me my contract. Uh, my first, my first job was to physically uh, take all of the artists under MCA Records and literally uh, distribute the records, market them, uh, create uh, various different grassroots marketing campaigns. Because at that time, we're talking about '98. There was no, you know, 98, 99, there was no real internet. I mean, the internet was nice. It was good. Uh, people were using it uh, for email. Netscape Navigator mm-hmm. was our Google. You know, AOL chat rooms was our Facebook at the time. Oh, yeah. And, oh, yeah. And so people didn't understand it. But uh, they realized that, that they needed bodies. And the way you promoted a rap record at that time was you needed bodies to physically market the album and physically take the vinyl to the DJs across America. <laughs> guerrilla marketing. That guerrilla marketing, man, was the best. Was it, that, right. was the, that was the Facebook of the music world. That was the SoundCloud. That was the iTunes, right. was guerrilla marketing. No, you're absolutely correct. I mean, um, and and so I convinced Charles to um, to give me a shot. And um, and I, what I did was when he, when he, when he introduced me to uh, Heavy D and Garnett, at that time, Erica Badu was was on the label. Uh, a lot of people were on the label. Uh, Chico DeBarge. I mean, there was just a lot of people wow. that were on the Universal Records. Yeah. So every every label at that time, I would I I, I was able to get a a a contract with as a as a marketing firm. And uh, and yeah. And so that's what started my entrepreneurial endeavor within the music industry. But I was able to physically give give the executives as well as the marketing department and the radio department of each major label, MCA, MCA Universal Records, and then Geffen Records, the, these reports, which now we, we you know we get reports on on Instagram with you know with analytics and everything like that. But I was able to give them reports back then on who was physically um, not streaming, excuse me, <laughs> who was spinning their records in the mm-hmm. clubs. And mm-hmm. so the record labels really, really saw that as something that was a viable um, uh, analytic at that time to oh, see yeah. whether or not they needed to uh, to push the second single. So uh, my ma- a lot of my major records were, you know, were Mary J. Blige, uh, Share My World, her, her album, all those records I worked, you know, um, and, and then the list goes on, Violator. I mean, the list goes on and on and on. And, and I realized that because the turn of the century was happening with, with technology and Napster, with file sharing, that a lot of the exec- mm-hmm. executives weren't paying attention to what was getting ready to happen to the music industry. They really oh, felt yeah. at that time that no one would would share music, and so um, they really bypassed it. And what I did strategically was I was able to physically amass a a um, a staff of twelve hundred people to work for me. So I, by the time I turned twenty one, Raymond. Uh, I had my own office on Wall Street. 80 Wall Street was where my office was located. I had a staff of 1,200 people between the ages of 13 years old to 33 years old of people that literally wanted to market hip-hop records. So wow. I technically had, yeah, I technically had what was called a street team, and my street team was, was my voice. They were my followers, equivalent to my followers on Instagram. So I had 1,200 followers on Instagram, but physical bodies, Spread 33 major cities across the nation that allowed uh, MC Records to give me literally 5,000 pieces of product or or literally uh, 50 records, 50 albums, excuse me, of Mary J or uh, 50 albums of 
of of Jay Z of Rockefeller's artists and physically filter that out to to my uh, my network of people that worked for me at the time of my uh, my grassroots marketers, and I was able to you know basically break records and I did that for a while and it was awesome. So oh my goodness, I hope that, dude, I hope that answers your dude, question. <laughs> good, dude, dude, that's 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 wow. So before you were twenty one, and I want people to understand this. Mm-hmm. You went from a candle of being lit <laughs> to to being or or oil spill on fire in the Atlantic. <laughs> that is that is correct. Yeah, I was yes, I yes, I guess <laughs> if you want to call it that, you know, that's that's kind of what it, what happened and when you're good at what you do, especially in those times, you know, my my MO literally was I would run up to an artist, I would run up to Q-Tip, I would run up to DMX, I would run up to Russell Simmons arguing with Kimora Lee at, at, at a Fuckmaster Flex birthday party and just, you know, introduce myself. And, I mean, I'm all physical. I'm 21 years old with a staff of 1,200 people, whether, um, and they were all, from all walks of life. I never discriminated. I hired everybody. If you love music and you are passionate about promoting, you know, the product that we had, then, mm-hmm. you know, then you could work, you could physically work for me. And they you know it. something. So, you, something you just said is very important. Something you just said is very important. Uh, to not discriminate. Do right. not discriminate. You can and, and I tell people all this all the time. You're blocking your own blessings. Um, and and a part of that by blocking your own blessings, there's a little discriminatory factor involved in that because you're judging the book by its cover, and you. Right. That that allowed you to to keep moving by being so open and, and so lit. You were able to to basically take your skills and fall into these things because the universe. You were open to the universe and you allowed the universe and God to work in you. And I and I applaud you for that, man. I, you know, you. I don't know Thank if you're you. an alien, Jason. I think you might be an extraterrestrial uh, as well. Just like, uh, just like I think. <laughs> Probably. I mean, I mean, we're doing alien stuff. I mean, look. At the end of the day, um, I saw the great. I saw the greats of our time. You know, the greats of our. I was physically in in the the moment. You know, Master P. You know, um, literally working his his distribution deal with Priority Records and him becoming the first rap mogul to, to hit $500 million. You know what I mean? I was there, wow. you know, yeah, I was, you know, you know, I was, I, I was there doing graphic design for, for, um, for Bad Boy when Biggie, when Biggie was, uh, was alive, you know, um, I was there when Jay-Z, when Jay-Z uh, broke, you know, Hard and I Like Volume 2 and Mark in the Streets is watching and, you know, um, you know, I, I, I can write eight books basically. So, and, but my so, thing, so, Jason, oh what you're telling, uh-huh. and I'm sorry, Jason, but no, go ahead. I, do you think what you're what you're telling me? You, what people? I don't think people are. I gotta, I gotta let them know that you're the you were part of the the vertebrae of a lot of these people's success in their projects. Of you're, course, you know, you're you're actually like one of the main parts and vertebrae of of their backbone. In their in their efforts to become successful, and you know, man, this is awesome. This is awesome Wait, because, we, because Raymond, we were the because we were the underdogs. You know, we were the regardless of how intelligent I was or how much skill set I had in yeah. software development and technology, that didn't matter in hip hop. You know, at the end of the day, I was able to amass a, a large infinity group of bodies to market an album. 
So if an artist didn't do well and they needed to physically revive, let's say, their career or create a buzz with the DJs, they would physically come to, uh, to me or someone like me. And there was only about, at that time, and I'll just be very transparent, there was only like, like five of us, us meaning guys that controlled movements of DJs and people throughout the nation, you know, uh, that really, yeah. really uh, helped Turkey. But those stories, I mean, of course, now probably Netflix will do documentaries on people like us, but, you know, those those stories are, aren't out because you only see, you know, the, the moguls that did it, but they, they were the, the they were people like us that were the gears that created the trajectory for certain people's success, technically the people behind the music. Wow. So, so Jason, moving along into the, the millennium, moving along into right. the millennium, uh, one of the things is is that tell us a little bit how all of that led up to what you're about to release on the world, man. Um, right. and, and give give a little backdrop on on Avnio and 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 lead the people into that. Tell tell about that that because this is very interesting. And I'll be and I'll be because I can be very long winded, but I'll be um, short and concise. Well, technically, uh, what Avnio is Avnio is a uh, is a streaming TV service with a cable business model. And what that basically means is that uh, we are we are a cable provider, so we physically distribute channels, curated channels from all over the world to a particular group of demographics. Demographics meaning uh, we stream our channels to millennials. We also stream our channels to baby boomers, as well as we, tr- we stream our channels to, uh, to uh, people ages 13 to 17. Okay, and yeah. the channels, the channels, uh, they vary from uh, from curation of skateboard videos to uh, people people who love kung fu movies. And what the user can physically do is when they log onto the site, because currently we have a beta site up in which we're developing the app to release this year. But people can physically stream or access the the, the curated channels and watch various different videos in a, in a live TV type of format, coupled with the ability for them to socialize with their friends while they watch television, okay, or watch while they watch their favorite programming in real time anywhere on planet Earth. The idea physically comes from me wanting to uh, travel and wanting to allow, or I wanted rather, to, uh, uh, to allow my friends who really didn't have the access or the resources to get the distribution deals from people in Hollywood, because I did, I had a small seven year stint in Hollywood. Uh, I want to give my friends the ability to physically get distribution deals uh, from Hollywood studios to distribute their, their, their films. The problem was they really, the problem was they didn't have the analytics behind them. Because keep in mind when I developed, when I started developing Omni in 2006, uh, you know, MySpace was the only, the only uh, social network that was really big. But MySpace had a specific section. A lot of people don't remember. They had a section in MySpace where you can upload your trailer to your independent movie. It was called, My, it was called MySpace Film. And, oh, uh, but, wow. But people, I, I, I right. forgot about that. <laughs> right, MySpace Film. And, so, and they, they were doing a deal with uh, Pharrell at the time with their own, uh, their own cell phone called Helio. And that was the first time that uh, a major – a major social network was doing a product deal with a, a major uh, rap artist, a pop artist. And so I was telling my friends, well, listen, put your stuff on MySpace Film, get some analytics, you know, because MySpace would share 
some analytics with you, and then we can take that information, those eyeballs, and go to, you know, Lion Gates or one of those major Hollywood studios and say, hey, listen, you know, Raymond has 10,000 eyeballs and have watched this trailer. We think there's something viable in which, you, you know, you guys can invest in and create a movie out of it. Long story short, uh, I realized, you know what, this is, you know, my friends need more help. And that's when I just basically said, let me create a, let me create a, uh, a platform in which my friends can stream their TV shows, music videos, any piece of content, any video in which I would track the analytics and I would share the data with my friends, okay, and they can physically take it to either a uh, production company in Hollywood or a distributor in Hollywood or even go to a sponsor and make money off of their content, teaching them how to monetize their independent films, not just put it on a platform like YouTube in hopes that Google yeah. will give them a, you know, give them a check. So yeah. that's basically how Avnio basically started. And then we, I, it just started to evolve in terms of my, my history working specifically with artists uh, like, you know, Cash Money, Lil Wayne, all those guys, and physically uh, understanding what the need was from the consumer, you know, in terms of wanting more of the artists. So the consumer watches a music video, you know, you know, they want to buy, you know, what the artist is wearing. They want to know where they can get that get that piece of clothing, right, from. And knowing good and well that, that it's probably customized for the artist. But the point is the fan wants to know. So I wanted to basically create a platform in which I could bring the viewer, who is the fan, closer to the content or closer to the ancillary products or the artist or even the um, – the, the, the TV star in the scene of a movie closer to them by way of allowing you to socialize, buy the product that the uh, the artist or the TV star is wearing in real time, as well wow. as a whole bunch of, a whole bunch of cool things. Uh, well, but, you know, real, real quick, real quick, Jason. Sure. That's so dope. Sure. You, so what you're telling me is that when I'm watching and streaming on your platform, on Avni, right. and right. I see a pair of those new those new Air Force uh, Ones, I'm going to just say Air Force Ones or LeBrons or, you know, I got a sneaker problem, but right. uh, <laughs> um, I could I could literally go from streaming to buying that product that I seen in that video. That's that unheard of. Right. That's that's of. Right. So, so it's, a, it's called a shoppable opportunity. So the shoppable opportunity uh, on Avnio allows you to physically purchase the, the product in real time. So the way the service works is you physically click on a, um, a buy now button, which is housed at the top left-hand corner of the remote control, and then a store will appear, which takes you to a third-party site that allows you to purchase the, uh, the product in real time or browse through uh, a laundry list of other sneakers that, uh, that the manufacturer is offering at that particular time. So, yes, the answer is you can physically purchase something in real time without physically leaving the actual TV experience. And, uh, and we're excited because, you know, we're building out the platform, uh, we're upgrading the site, and we're, we're launching the app on the Amazon, the Amazon uh, web service platform, which basically means that Amazon physically will be powering or streaming our channels because, obviously, you know, they're, they're more powerful than us. <laughs> But uh, <laughs> they'll be able to they'll be able to uh, handle the amount of traffic that comes in anywhere from 20 million to technically 100 million users that access Avnio. We won't basically be able to uh, we won't be uh, 
in in a in what is called a, a throttle pinch where you know our server gets shut down. You know, Amazon oh, allows yeah. us to to stream on that level, and we're excited about that particular opportunity. So, a lot of good that things are coming up with Avio in the summertime. Yeah. That is huge. You're going to make a lot of people step their game up. You, you've made me step my game up, and, and, uh, and I'm becoming a shoppable opportunity. <laughs> <laughs> you're a shoppable opportunity? Okay. <laughs> yeah, about, you know, no, and what I mean by that, and, and, and I'll you know, just kind of say, you know, I'm telling people to embrace their inner CEO, and that word shoppable opportunity means that you're giving people a chance to, you know, sharing the light and being lit with you. You know what I mean? I'm giving people a shoppable opportunity by showing what I'm doing and they could do what I'm doing or they could do what some of my guests are doing. Take that as a shoppable opportunity. You know what I mean? Right. And uh, you, that is so cool, dude. You're making people Thank set you. their game up. Well, I, mean, I appreciate that. I mean, we're, we're in exciting times because when I developed this idea, you know, um, this is a uh, what people don't realize is I've been working at Avenue for 13 years because when I first started it, people didn't really understand it. Um, I took this this product to a lot of the people that I worked for. You know, uh, from Puff to Jay, uh, Jay Z to a lot of a lot of people, and um, you know, they just didn't understand it. You know, because people just some people just don't have vision. I'm not saying they don't. I'm just saying that you know, certain people they just they can't see it yet, which is fine. And so I just had to wait. So now we're in a particular time period in 2019 where you have Amazon that's physically getting ready to release a TV show with shoppable opportunities. You have Snapchat that last year released uh, uh, released a, the ability for millennials to physically purchase the product directly from a Snap video that Drake and Nicki Minaj was promoting with their with their album releases. You know, so we have people, we have brands that are scratching the surface, which is great. You know, you have companies like Pluto TV that streams curated channels kind of like we did and that to get acquired by Viacom um, this month uh, for $340 million where people literally can, you know, can, uh, can watch curated channels uh, here in America. The difference between us and all of those brands, Pluto, Amazon, Netflix, Hulu, and the rest is the fact that, you know, we provide shoppable opportunities, curated channels, but we also provide five to seven other cool features that allows you to, to stay engaged with the content, your friends, and, uh, and literally be on any part of the world and physically access the same channel so that, you know, I'm in India because I lived in India for nine months, and you're here in America, I can still watch the same, the same TV show in real time at the same time, even though we're in two different time zones, Raymond, but I can still watch wow. the same program and share that experience with you. You know, Indians, Asians, they're a day ahead of us in America, right? Yeah. So, yeah. so we can get on Avenue right now and watch the sneaker channel because we have a sneaker channel, Channel 78, you know, and we have a, um, a gaming channel, Channel 65, and we can physically watch gaming, cha- uh, gaming uh, videos with our Indian friends, socialize with them on Facebook at the same time. So now everybody is on one time zone. Avenue, we want to be the cable company for the planet. And that's basically what I told. Uh, oh, my uh, goodness. So that, that, that leads into right one of my next questions. I mean, in, in sure. you were saying on Fox, you know, you want to be that network for the planet. Is that mm-hmm. one of your that is that one of your ideals for the company? Yes. 
So yeah, the, the major the, what a lot of people don't understand is that we 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 love America, but America is very small in the grand scheme of things. If we relied on America, like Google, if Google relied on America for Americans to physically download Google and Gmail, then they wouldn't be a billion dollar company. You know, same mm-hmm. go, same thing goes with Amazon. So my thing is, is that when I started to study and I had candid conversations with people at Time Warner Cable, which is now Spectrum Cable Networks, mm-hmm. like Cablevision, you know, people offering. Loads of money from, you know, $6 million, $65 million, and $500 million for my code. I realized I was onto something because what people don't understand is that our company, obviously, we're not a streaming TV service solely. We are a cable company first with a streaming TV service product primarily. Wow. So we're coming out the gate offering a package. Now, people, you know, of course, cable has a negative light here in America, but to people in different countries – if I offer the entire African continent, you know, a package of 50 channels at equivalent to 50 cents on a, on a U.S. dollar, that, that is $100 million for our company within year three. Does that make oh sense? Oh, my goodness. Right. I, it, it, make, you know, it makes great sense. <laughs> Hallelujah. So, so, it makes so great the idea, sense. Right, Raymond. And the ideal, so the ideal is to basically be a cable provider for people throughout the various different diasporas around the planet so that they can have they can have the entertainment experience with their loved ones and their friends within their, their catchment areas as well as with their friends that don't live in their catchment areas if they live abroad. You, you know what mm-hmm. I find interesting is that sure. the, the rest of the world, uh, and, and I've traveled all over the world, you know, India, right. Korea, all over Asia, right? Right. They find they find America as an entertaining place. <laughs> why right. not why not bring it to them? You know, they can have the entertainment and see what it really is. You know, um, mm-hmm. you know, and uh, I found that interesting. Uh, I have a question for you, uh, and kind of going into it, I always like to you know give people uh, part of the blueprint. You know, um, of some of the most successful people I know, and could you describe? a typical day or like, is there some sort of pattern or formula, you know, to becoming a successful entrepreneur like yourself? Sure. Um, a typical, well, so that is, that's a two part question. So you want me to answer the typical day question first or the, yeah. uh, yeah. Okay. Yeah, sure. Right. So, um, when I first started out, you know, the typical day was physically to, uh, get up and research. So, my typical, even today, I get up, uh, whatever time it is, whether it's, uh, you know, five in the morning, six in the morning, I get up and I'm literally on my mobile device. My mobile device is my office. You know, uh, a lot of people don't realize that if you're an entrepreneur, you know, your phone literally has to be connected to every part of the world that will provide information for you, okay, I mean to you, excuse me, for your business, all right, so I get up and um, I'm on various different websites pertaining to my business. So, uh, you know, obviously I have a streaming TV uh, platform, but I'm also in the cable industry. So I look at what the ca- the big boys in America are doing, the cable companies are doing right now. I look at what the big entertainment hubs are doing, like Viacom, and then I look at what you know the streaming TV services are doing. So I literally will go on, and people can, if they listen, they can take this as a tip. But I go on Google. And I will, I'll literally type in my competitor. Let's just say, hypothetically speaking, um, Pluto TV. They just got acquired. So we call my competitor, right? Right. That's what you like that. <laughs> so, right, Pluto TV, right? So, 
you know, I'll type in Pluto TV, you know, in Google, and um, then I'll then I'll hit the news, the news uh, button under Google to find out the the most updated news on my competitor. So that's that's that starts my day. So I know exactly where I am and how I need to physically uh, accelerate my uh, my product development and accelerate my uh, my understanding of where the the market is right now. You know, because quite naturally, when you're when you're creating a business or when you when you're in business and you start to make money, uh, you're you're technically at war. You know, at the end of the day, you know, no one's your friend. You either have an ally, or you have an enemy. And if they're your allies, then you're making money with them. And if they're not mm-hmm. your allies, you're, they're your enemies because they're literally in your in your space and they're trying to take your your subscriber base or you know. Oh, that's so. Their father. That's so right? strong. That's strong. Right. Yeah. Well, yeah, there's no yeah, – people don't realize, you know, there's no fr- – you have no friends in business unless they're making money with you or you're making money for them, period, the end. It's just allies and enemies. That's it. Business is war. I learned that from three billionaires that, that mentored me throughout my career in technology. So at the end of the day, I get up and I, I study my competition first through Google. And then, you know, I, I normally don't eat, <laughs> which is kind of weird, but I'll, I'll jump, jump onto my laptop and I'll physically start to de- develop and design and look at, you know, the front end of how somebody is going to access Omnio. And, and I, I literally go through a lot of, um, just a lot of focus groups, uh, sessions with my team in different parts of the world because with Omnio, due to the fact that we are an international product, uh, have an international product, excuse me, and we're an international business, uh, talking to my team in different countries, they physically give me different pointers from their cultural understanding of what mm. of what Avno needs to be and how we'll be we'll become successful from an international standpoint. So I really don't listen. It's funny that we're talking about this, but uh, I get a lot of major people in the in our music industry and entertainment industry that would give me their opinions about, you know, how Indians or and you know you traveled or how Asians, you know, mm-hmm. um, accept iPhone or how, you know, how America is the leader in, in culture and the leader in pop culture. And that's that may be true within America, but that's not necessarily true for the world because living in Asia, you know, Asians they find us our culture funny, but they really don't yeah. care about our culture because you have Japanese kids that have their own culture. You have yeah. um, South Korean kids who have K-pop, and then you have the Indian kids that literally, uh, you know, have five to seven different um, religions that they believe in, and mm-hmm. they don't follow love and hip-hop. So, exactly. you know, throughout the course of my day, I'm constantly talking to various different individuals throughout the day, you know, and then I eat, <laughs> and then I get back <laughs> onto the, uh, <laughs> and then I get back to so on, onto what, the computer, what, what part, and I'm designing. What part, what part of you, uh, what what part of you are in, let me see how I'm going to phrase this. Your spirituality, what part does that play in the fire in you to keep pushing? Well, from a, well, wow. Um, well, I, before I start anything, I get up and I pray, you know, I pray that uh, God opens up, you know, um, open, opens up more doors for me. Um, I also pray that I pray for all of the people that believe in me and have given me, their their skills as well as their hard earned money and their prayers to keep me going. Um, but I also pray more more so than at, at the top of the list. Basically, I pray that um, that I don't fall victim to the the negative opinions, you know, of mm. of 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 people that I do care about, but 
that don't understand where where the the vision is necessarily and where mm-hmm. I'm supposed to go. You know, so that's why I pray for. I pray literally to stay focused on that particular uh, plateau so that I don't get I don't get distracted. And my dad and I, we talk about. Cause my dad and I, we talk we talk every day in the morning. We talk every day. You know, and he he's always you know he's always reiterating that to me. After I pray, he reiterates to stay focused on the the, the vision. You know, pray that God still keeps you focused on the vision because it's very hard to slip. You know, slipping and believing what the devil is 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 doling out. You know, yeah. Um, and and being in a an industry where African Americans, solely African American males, are not uh, visible. And, and the industry I'm talking about is technology. We're not visible. You know, you may you may have a couple of entertainers like you know Jay Z and Nas making headway by investing in technology, but they are a, a group of us. In, in, in the world that are black technologists that really don't get that much love or we just don't get uh, we don't get uh, showcased on various different platforms and so uh, we have to we have to keep on pushing forward and and fighting the good fight basically so I was very happy that God opened up the door for me to be on a major network like Fox regardless of what anyone, anyone says about how Fox is this and how the Fox is that it's not you know, it's not centered to black folks. I totally understand those particular thoughts. Um, whether I agree or not, the point is this. I, I'm glad that I was on that particular platform because it showed a demographic that may or may not be sensitive to my culture. It showed mm-hmm. them that, you know, we, we now can physically sit at the table and talk technology. I mean, really talk technology. And no, you know, there's no VCs or hedge funds behind us. You know, yeah. Omnio is, is backed by people that really believe in the product, shareholders that really believe, you know what, we need to be at the table as people of color in technology. You know, the, you know, uh, a major billionaire back in the 1980s, you know, had a major book, said, why do all the, why do all the uh, white boys have to have all the fun, right? And uh, <laughs> Reginald F. Lewis, right? Reginald F. Lewis, he was the first black billionaire, right? And he wrote that book. Yeah. And I, I, you know, and I, and I had, you know, I sat down and had, had tea with his, um, his late wife. Um, I'm just kidding, not late. She's still alive, but, you know, his wife and um, Lloyd Lewis. And, you know, she looked at me and I asked her, you know, I said, you know, because I really take from a spiritual standpoint, I take, you know, I take signs from different people and different points in my life and journeys. And I'm looking at her, and, and I'm like, well, what would Reginald F. Lewis say to me, you know, with all of the stuff that I told you I've gone through, you know, being called nigger by billionaires and, you know, um, yeah. being, you know, yeah, being that's, shut down. That's at, crazy. At BC. You know, well, you know, that's – listen, hey, you know, it, it happens. I mean, um, and she said to me, you know, she was like, you know, he would – if Reginald F. Lewis was here today, you know, um, he, you know, he would basically say to you, you know, keep on going. You're doing the right thing, you know. Even though it took you, it took you 13 years, Jason, to get to this point where now people are starting to embrace the concept of somebody black, not only mm-hmm. black, but somebody somebody from the inner city to have a, pl- a, a product like this. You know, mm-hmm. it, it's up to you to keep on going. You know, don't stop. Whether whether you reach the pinnacle or not, you still have to keep going because there's others. You know, other kids that are in the inner city that look like you that mm-hmm. are, are saying they'll say to themselves, you know what, I can do that. You know, I can become the president, but you know what? I can also become a CEO of my own startup tech company, and I can go to my my uh, my support group, my friends, my family members, and say, "Hey, listen, 
you know, this is, what I'm, this is what I'm getting ready to do. Do you want to invest in it? You know, and if you do, that's fine. If you don't, that's fine. I'm still going to look for people that are going to support me and fund this. And, and you know, and then then you spark. What's your word you say, Raymond? Lit, right? Now we lit, lit, baby. We lit. We lit, yeah, baby. We lit. lit. You know, you know, one of the, the one of the things I've started embracing uh, and about what I'm doing and 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 I believe in my vision. I know that uh, everybody is not going to believe in it. And some people are going to call you absolutely nuts, insane, crazy, out of your mind. And that's when you really know you're doing the right thing. Oh, I've been called crazy. I mean, I've when I turned down five hundred million dollars in two thousand twelve, you know, a lot of people thought I was crazy. People didn't believe me. I mean, I didn't care about the people that never believed me because I was on the phone. I was on the phone in um, three years prior with Michael Jackson. So, you know, and and people didn't believe him. You know what I mean? No, I'm serious. It's like people didn't believe him, and he 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 was already working on shoppable opportunities in two thousand nine for his This Is It concert. He had. He was already working on that type of experience for his fans to buy his his glove while he performed live from your, from their mobile devices. You know, so wow. you know, yeah. So that's that's what people don't know about you know people who have visions or people who are labeled crazy. You know, and so I realized I had this epiphany. I think it was God talking to me. You know, it was like you know what I'm doing the right thing. I felt it in my soul. I'm like you know what I don't want to sell my company to these cable networks because I have something. You know. Um, mm-hmm. I realized they thought that. Jesus was crazy too. They thought Jesus was crazy. Right. So that's how that's how you know that right. is is correct and is that. Um, let's really quick, uh, man. Um, I want to open up the phone lines real quick to see if there's anybody out there who would like to ask a question. Uh, uh, Freddie, could you open up the could you open up the line to see if we have any callers that would like to be able to speak and ask questions? Ask Mr. Jason some questions. I guess we take a little. Okay, okay, I'm on it. Um, let's see, we're gonna go by the longest that was on the line. Code nine seven three. Your mic okay. is live. Area code nine seven three. Are you are are you out there? I'm here. Hey, good morning. Good morning. Welcome to the Financial Blessing. How are you doing? I'm doing just great. Thank you. Thanks for asking. And how are you? I'm doing absolutely wonderful. Thank you for asking. I'm I'm so glad to have you here. Who do I have the wonderful pleasure of speaking with this this glorious morning? This is Karen Rice. And where are you from, Karen? Well, I, I may as well say it's Jersey, although I wasn't born here. Okay. But I I ran across Jason on social media when he was trying to garner uh, investors for his company, and I thought the platform that he had created and was developing was just so unique and so different. I was really blown away because I I've been a technologist myself for over 35 years. Wow. Um, although I'm not working in technology today. But mm-hmm. I just want to say that I'm so impressed, and uh, I do hope that the Spirit of God continues to bless his journey because it is a tool that everyone should have. And uh, from a creative aspect, it's just something so unique, and I think it should be written in the history books, especially oh. in the African-American history books, since this is something that he has developed and created. 
And, uh, yeah, so that's why I came on. I saw the post on his Facebook page that he would be on this morning. And oh, I wow. just wanted the opportunity to hear his voice. I'd never he- heard his voice uh, and to hear what he had to say. Thank you. Wow. Thank you very much. Is, is there anything that you would like to ask Mr. 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 Swanson? You know, I just thought it was interesting as he continues to reveal uh, who he is on social media that he has had a very interesting um, childhood growing up in the urban community and facing the challenges that so many of our African-American males have to encounter and the very, just the sheer fact that he has survived um, the environment that he had to deal with trying to make it in the jungle, um, I think is a miracle and it's a wonder and it's a blessing. And I'm just so glad that he's reached the place that he is today. Um, and so I just, you know, wanted to know, Jason, is there anything else that you have not had the chance to share um, on social media that you would like us to be aware of and maybe some Advice to young black males, um, because you guys are a um, endangered species. Uh, and um, any piece of advice that you can give a young black male today is to be, uh, you know, cherished and appreciated. Thank you very much. Um, well, uh, wow, <laughs> that's a big. Uh, that's a big question. Um, I, the first thing I would say to young black men in America, uh, now that I'm older, I see things obviously different, more different than ever. Um, but the first thing I would, I would love to share is that we need to, young black men need to uh, learn how to conform. Um, and then it's not a negative thing, but learn how to conform within the confines of our area. Uh, and I'll be I'll be very specific briefly, but uh, walking, I remember walking down the street um, and throughout the streets of New York, and I would always wear, I would always have my ID on me because, you know, uh, cops would just randomly stop us. And uh, I noticed that when you get stopped by the cops, you, it, it, depending on like where you are. So we're, I'm walking down the street um, on the east side where it's like an affluent, affluent neighborhood the east side of Manhattan, uh, I realized that cops would stop me, you know, and because I had my ID on me, they, it, it, you know, they would basically just, you know, question me. Uh, they would question me very lightly. But the mere fact that I knew how to speak or I only answered when spoken to, specifically when the authorities were talking to me, I was able to get out of the situations where it didn't ignite into something, into something crazier. So, my advice to young black men today, especially with you know a lot of things that are going on on social media with uh, brutality and just being accosted for no apparent reason. I know that I was a, I was a victim of police brutality uh, just by being you know by being walking while black. Even though I was in college and even though I I had an engineering um, engineering internship, um, I was physically stripped. My um, a lot of people don't know this, but um, I'll share this. Uh, you know, the undercover came in, came on the block, and I literally was coming in, and um, they pulled my pants down, and they sh- they searched they searched everything, you know, um, in broad daylight, 
because they felt that I was uh, that I looked like somebody, even though I spoke well, um, you know. And that that right that particular experience was traumatic within itself. And I realized at that particular point that you know some things had to give. And my advice to a lot of black men nowadays, because um, we don't get searched like that anymore, but we still get accosted on some level, uh, is to learn how to maneuver, you know, um, don't be combative with, with officers, you know, whether you're walking or even you're driving, you know, keep your hands where they can see you, you know, oh, regardless, yeah. I, regardless, regardless if I'm successful, even going into Silicon Valley, Silicon Valley is out in California, you were driving, you know, I'm a technologist, you know, they have their own police, you know, I can be walking with a hoodie, I, it has happened in Silicon Valley, and they'll stop me, you know, they don't, they, you know, regardless of Regardless, regardless if I have a uh, a background in technology or I speak well, they still will stop you. So, you know, we have to we have to literally learn that we are in a in an environment here in America with this particular skin tone. We have to learn what the rules and the regulations are in terms of just walking down the street. What I mean by that is, you know, police the police they have their rules, right? They have their regulations. That they abide by, our black our black boys don't know that they don't they don't understand various different point systems. They don't understand their rights, and I think that they need to understand that and they need to learn that while they while they go and live out their dreams. Because uh, you know, once again, I, you know, it's a very emotional topic because I, I you know even talking about it, I go back into that particular you know uh, state of mind. Uh, I know how it feels. And, uh, and yeah. I, I wasn't, a, I was, I wasn't a, uh, you know, I wasn't incarcerated at all. You know, I was never, I've never been to jail. You know, um, I, obviously I was arrested unlawfully at one point because when you live in the hood, people, you know, the cops come and they just sweep you up, of course, because uh, and that's that's how the system is designed. But if if I didn't know how the system really worked, I wouldn't have been able to, you know, fight a case or talk to the judge, and the judge was able to dismiss whatever, you know, the cops said I did, you know, things like that. So, yeah. you know, I think well, our boys need to understand the, the laws that govern that, Raymond, I think that the law, the, the, our boys need to understand the laws that govern this country and very yeah. and the state that they live in in order to survive and, be, and, you know, and, and be, be safe. That's basically well, Jason, the advice I can give so far. Jason, um, we, we're, we're cutting it close. Um, but first off, I want to say, Karen, thank you for calling in. I, I really appreciate that. Share the show. Tell people about it. We're making changes in this world. We're, we're, I'm trying to help people set free and, uh, and embrace their inner CEO. And, and, Karen, you have now had the financial blessing. Thank you so much for tuning in. And thanks for the opportunity. It's a great show. Thank you. Thank you so much. Thank you, Karen. You're very welcome. Bless you. Bless you as well. Hey, really quick, um, we are cutting it close. I want to apologize to all the callers out there listening. Awesome. Our people are really tuning in today. Um, I want to apologize to you. Keep tuning in and uh, and tell people how they can reach out to you if they if, if they do have some questions and things they'd like to ask you. Uh, how can they get your platform? Let people know know that really quick as we we get ready to sign off. Uh, well, first of all, really quick, Raymond, thank you very much for the opportunity to uh, to express part of 
part of my journey and my story. And thank you to all the listeners uh, that uh, are listening in. And um, I appreciate you all, and God bless you, definitely, and especially all the shareholders that have logged on. Um, people, you can obviously uh, reach me on Facebook, Jason Swanston, S-W-A-N-S-T-O-N. Um, you can friend request me. I'm very accessible uh, <clears throat> and ask me questions. And uh, you guys, if you want to log on and kind of like test Avnio for now, we have a couple of channels up. You can log on through your laptop or desktop, not your mobile device yet. So you can't log on to Avnio and subscribe to Avnio from your iPhone and your, your Android. But go to uh, Avnio.tv, that's O-V-N-I-O.tv, log on using uh, Firefox or Chrome browser and subscribe for free and kind of like, you know, browse the channels. And, um, yeah, you can reach. Hello? Yeah, are you still there? Okay. Uh, yeah. yeah. Uh-huh. Okay, we had a little drop-off, technical issue, but – uh, could you state that one more time for me? Okay, sure. Yeah, I was just saying. Uh, I want to say thank you to everybody who uh, who logged on, and uh, God bless you all uh, for listening to my journey and uh, my trajectory. Thank you, Raymond, definitely uh, for giving me the platform to speak. But uh, yeah, I'm very accessible problem, on dude. Facebook. Yeah, thank you so much. I am very and, and, accessible. Oh, go ahead. I'm sorry. <laughs> uh, no, it's all right. I, I'm very accessible on Facebook, so you can reach me at Facebook. Your friend requests me, uh, Jason A. Swanston, S-W-A-N-S-T-O-N. You can uh, look at the Avenue platform. We have a couple of channels up. We're still testing uh, by going to our website. can't log on to Avenue through your mobile device or your iPhone or Android as of now because we're building out the app with Amazon. So, uh you can go to avnio.tv, that's O-V-N-I-O.tv, with your Poma Firefox browser and access the channels, kind of play with it, and uh, see some of the features, how we combined uh, the social networking with TV. The last thing I want to say is that I do own nine patents, and one of those patents, uh, they basically cover what you're physically experiencing on the site. So it's not just a website, it's an actual piece of technology in which I own uh, the pat- patent too. So um, if you're going to develop anything, guys, and especially black men in technology and black girls and anybody, you know, um, definitely look at how you can protect it by patenting your creation and, uh, and, you know, you'll be, you'll be fine. Wow. Oh man. Thank you so much. I want to, I want to express that I am very happy to have you here. Uh, And uh, you know, you, (laughs) <laughs> part two man um <laughs> and, and uh have you have you just uh, blessed the people with your knowledge and 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 that's more that's uh more valuable than anything any money anything at all is our spirituality and knowledge and wisdom and it, it's absolutely awesome uh i want to tell people um you know thank you guys for tuning in you know, the URN network, I want to shout you out again. Thank you so much for having me on your network. It is a blessing. It changed my life to be able to do this for people. Uh, Freddie Cole, I want to thank you back there on the back end. Um, you know, I want to tell people to go to the greenempire.com. There's an opportunity in there. And I just want to tell people that the greenempire.com. Uh, also, the greenempire at gmail.com to get your free uh, share stock in your free business today. Okay, that's T H E G R E E N E E M P I R E at Gmail dot com. Uh, shout out to Restore City for that awesome music. That's my theme song every day. 
Um, and uh, Freddie, did you want to say anything this morning? Uh, yeah, I just want to say a uh, great show. Uh, thank you, Mr. Swanson, for everything that you said and done. And the song that we're going to close out with, ladies and gentlemen, is Blessings by Young Apostle. This is our brother. This is our DJ. He's a great hey. man of God. And uh, he was definitely there for me and Raymond Green at our lowest point, encouraging us. So the words to this song is very true, very real, and we hope you enjoy it. It's a new single that's out now, and you can find it on all major digital platforms, just like uh, Millie Mo by Restore City. You can find it on all major digital platforms. This is Young Apostle. This is Blessings by Young Apostle. Let's go. And y'all have a great weekend, and God bless. God bless the financial blessing, baby. God bless yes, you yes. Too, Let's Thank go. <laughs> all right. And, yes, we would like to have you back, sir. Thank, thank you. I appreciate you. Thank you, guys. Very God much so. Right. Very much so. Love you, brother. Right. Love y'all. Peace. Love you, too. Right. Bye-bye. Young Apostle, blessings. Let's go. Young Apostle. Ah. Young Apostle. DT. Boy, you sick for this one. God be the glory. Hallelujah. I speak blessing.
For over nine decades, Craftsman tools have been found in toolboxes and garages across the country. After all these years, they finally found their way home to Lowe's. Trusted in the hands of fixers, doers, and weekend warriors, you can be sure you can trust them in your hands, too. Find an ever-growing selection of Craftsman mechanics and power tools, tool storage, and more in-store and online at Lowe's.com. So whatever tool your job demands, Lowe's has just the tool for it. Lowe's, the new home of Craftsman.